The need for money to create economic development is one of the most overworked and tiresome lies this system brainwashes us with. It seems everyone believes it. But where is the empirical evidence or the claim or the demonstration of a logical necessary correlation? The link between money and economic development is a myth and a narrative repeated so often no one questions it. But what is the essence of economic development? We see it everywhere and much of it has no need for money. The farm that raises its children to work the farm undergoes economic development. The village women who help with each other's kids or who cook meals when one is sick are engaging in economic development. Economic development only requires a few people to trust one another. It is the improvement in a group's financial situation that defines economic development. The examples given above lack a crucial element necessary for prolonged economic development. The above examples develop in formal economies. To create and develop a formal economy requires the use of a unit of account. For economic development to proceed to the level where a sophisticated economy is created requires accounts be reconcilable. The distinction between a formal and informal economy is the existence of a unit of account, not the physical existence of currency. But an important insight is that there are no bad social systems. Regardless of whether we talk about anarchy, libertarianism, communism, capitalism or another political theory, all are perfect in their own way. Any of these systems would work and do work as well as any of the others, bar one important factor, the introduction of people, or more specifically, sinners. It is not the systems that are faulty. It is their operators. But these same sinners constantly try and the system when the problem is with the sinner. Were sin taken from the world today, tomorrow all of our social problems would vanish. What a priori does is not fix the system, we prevent sinners from exploiting their fellow man. With this in place people gradually learn to trust one another. We suggested that economic development is inherently simple, all it takes is faith which produces trust. The simplest example of trust is two people specializing in how they help one another. This works better if there are three or more. If a painter and a plumber who specialized in how they help the other economic development would be created. If there was no sin each would work honestly and keep honest accounts. There would be no need for formal accounting. But the fact is, because of sin, when two people meet halfway, regardless of whether this is a project or a marriage, there is a gulf between them. We all believe we are doing more than the other person. It is on this very issue of who does more that the majority of marriages fail. Introducing money into the equation only makes matters worse if money is a unit of exchange formed of a monetized asset, for example gold. Gold has inherent value. People think this makes gold the preeminent form of money. Gold is the worst kind of money. Imagine the state producing a trillion gold coins. Because of this production the value of gold triples. Overnight the content is worth more than the face value of the coin. Coinage would disappear and the economy would be devoid of money. If everyone was moral and had perfect recall, money would be superfluous. But if we use an asset as the medium of exchange, we are defeating the very purpose which money is supposed to serve. It would be as if we used rubber bands as measuring tape. We already discussed a situation in which the asset value exceeded the coin's face value. But even with paper currencies the basic worthless of the medium does not eliminate but merely exacerbates the problem. 
Paper currencies, because of their worthlessness, can be printed for very little cost and yet carry large face values. A million-dollar banknote could be printed, or any number of them, making the bearer very wealthy, despite having done little beyond designing and printing a unit of currency. If the government printed and spent money, the state would be exchanging work for paper. The unit of currency would lose value compared to the value of a unit of work. However, those who live by work would see the value of their labor increase. This is why the state does not print money but borrows it. Borrowing money protects the value of the currency. The inflation increases the interest payable on the debt, which compensates investors for the reduction in the value of their dollars. Inflation hurts those who live hand-to-mouth because their labor does not increase in value. The cost of goods and services go up and the interest on the debt goes up. But wages do not go up or do not go up at the same rate. Inflation contributes to the trickle-up of wealth. As money inflates people earn more, while their standard of living is declining. This puts them into a higher tax bracket. But money technically is not a unit of exchange or medium of exchange. Money is not an asset that has been turned into denominations to facilitate trade. Currency can be and is owned because it is an asset and the property of someone. That person or organization benefits when currency is used in trade because it is their property being used. Bank money is a bank asset namely a bank account. The problem with asset money is that it is designed to inflate. Even though it is an asset modern currency has no real value other than as a medium of exchange. Which means all of its value is acquired from its use. If not used it has little or no value. So, people often think using gold as a backing for currency is a better idea. Permitting gold to circulate as a medium of exchange may be problematical, but to use it as a basis on which to print money would make markets more stable. The idea behind the gold standard is it would require the state to buy gold if it wished to print more money. This would likely inflate the price of gold which would be good for the people who mine gold or who hoard it. But how does the state maintain parity in a market with an expansionary demand for gold? The market for gold, at least the domestic market, would be artificial. Why would anyone sell their gold at $32 an ounce when gold was difficult if not impossible to purchase? What would occur as the economy grew to need trillions more dollars of currency to keep up with economic growth? AS gold becomes more scarce relative to other goods and services, its price would increase more than other prices. If currency is attached to gold what ought money be spent on but gold, what better investment is there? Canada had a hard time during the gold standard because those with gold would rather invest in America or England than in some backwater, struggling nation. Towns took to printing their own currency based on the local bank's ability to cover its issue. That this was incredibly complicated and risky needs hardly be mentioned. But all it takes to produce economic development is specialization. And for specialization to exist only requires faith. Faith leads to works of faith and the building of trust. Trust is not a synonym of faith, it is an organizational profile grounded in specialist activities leading to enhanced levels of trade. Trade only happens in environments in which faith has overcome fear. Those who fear do not trade, they hoard and accumulate and isolate. All economic development takes is three persons who trust one another, meaning they are able to form an organizational or formal relationship. It is nonsense to say we trust someone and yet have no formal dealings with them.
trust is the organizational builder. But to encourage works of faith, the activity has to be formalized by the introduction of a unit of account, not a unit of exchange. There is a difference. Units of exchange are assets monetized by issuing them in the form of denominations. A unit of account is simply a way to quantify value. If I work an hour, I produced a certain number of units of value. These units of value in a formal economy are recorded in a set of accounts in a ledger. The most important feature of a set of accounts is that these accounts are reconcilable. All of the credits and all of the debits cancel each other so that the net balance is always zero. A unit of account is based on or a form of equity as it represents value added to asset, not the value of the asset. We see this in the making of a statue. Marble in the ground has no real value. Finding it, quarrying it, and turning it into pieces of art has value. This is called the labor theory of value and is often considered impractical because in modern markets, there is no way to separate out the capital value of the asset with the value of the added labor. However, we already do this in a limited way. Corporations and not-for-profits pay their employees for their labor, not for the capital investment, which belongs to the investor. The organization owns the capital, it is the value the worker adds to the capital of the organization that is paid for in wages and other expenditures. Economic development requires three steps. The creation of the economic development module, the assignment of specialties to the members, and the creation of the accounts to formalize the relationship and create trust. The economic development vehicle is created by members donating a particular type of commercial asset to a module. Plumbers donate plumbing tools, bakers donate things a bakery needs, and so on. The assets are compensated for by credits to the accounts of the member whether this is goods donated or labor. These account credits are used to purchase goods and services. Economic development continues as modules are created and expanded.